If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hangout podcast where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate. I'm joined by my regular co hosts, Mr. Andy Conjurer Turner. Hello, and oh. A... oh, sorry, there's a big daddy long legs in the in this room, and it just literally went into my face. Then, uh, daddy long legs is that the official name for it? That's not my That's name, my name is Ben Errington. <laughs> Where's it gone? So, we're is four it... horror film fans. Including one us. daddy long legs. One daddy long legs. Slash, is it called a crane fly? Is it also a, a, a root, just an urban legend that they've got really poisonous, poisonous. venom, but but no yeah. fangs? That's, I don't know. I mean, that was in that Ricky Gervais stand-up thing ages ago, right? Yeah. I don't know if I don't it's know true. Where, I don't know where it's, where it's gone. It might have gone into my why pants. Does, why does it have such a long legs? What are they for? It's just for getting all up in your business, pretty much. Yeah, just... <laughs> pissing about because they're not very good at flying either they're always no i think it's because of the legs weighing them down one of these days they'll evolve into a daddy short legs and then they'll be invincible maybe that's what the creature from a quiet place used to be because it's got quite long legs yeah and then obviously developed superhuman superhuman super hearing and uh long long limbs leggy venoms leggy venoms classic leggy venoms mate ridiculous so how you guys doing yeah. have you uh have you been up to much have you been drinking lots of fluids it's quite warm at the minute yeah I couldn't sleep what last is, night it was too hot what is going on with this sudden late surge in warmth because it's been pretty chilly for a few weeks i think hoodie weather started setting in last week and then this week sweltering sweating. and a t-shirt today i made a mistake of going out at lunchtime with a jacket on towards it regretted it instantly Almost turned oh, yeah. back. What did you do? Did you go for a jacket over the shoulder? Uh, no, I just suffered. Because it, it was only a thin jacket. And I was like, I don't want to carry this. So <laughs> uh, 
just just walked around quite unhappy and then just didn't wear one the next time I went out. So he is a man, it learns from his mistakes. That is admirable. I also like I also have an incapability of turning back. I'd say it's one of my greatest weaknesses. That when we used to walk in work in an office, I'd sometimes like pick a direction so that it was like a square building, the toilets were in two different locations, about equidistant. And if I'd walk and go, but go to the first toilet, it's out of order or whatever. I can't go back. I've got to go all the way around. I just I just yeah. can't. Is that can't, you don't can't face can't face turning back. Yeah, is that because you don't want people to see you sort of changing your mind? I don't know. Through? I don't know what it is. Oh, he's got a bloody wrong way, isn't he? Just, just struggle to go back. <laughs> it's, ever, it's as if you ever, you know, if you're ever waiting in, like when we used to do this type of thing, you're waiting in the pub for someone and then they they message you or something and say, oh, I'll actually meet you in the next place or whatever. You almost have to do a bit of pantomime to like read your message. Oh, 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 meet me somewhere yeah. else. I see. I'll just be. Uh... <laughs> yeah. He's got a full oh, pint, but he just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just downs it. It goes. See you later. Or if you're ever walking down the street and you do a little trip over, you've got to pretend you've momentarily broken into a run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to look back at the thing that made me trip. Like, what, angry. What the... Watch out. Steady on, what are you playing at? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. playing it down. A little silly. Yeah, you gotta play it, you gotta play it down a bit. You can't just try and Whoa. I like to completely uh go over the top and collapse onto the floor and act as if I'm in real pain. <laughs> so no one could really laugh at you no. because it'd be heartless. Are you all right? Yeah, I am all right. Actually. Pretend you're really, really badly hurt. <laughs> Karen said that once we're in a we're in a shop, you know, one of those ones that you feel incredibly stressed being in because there's ornaments everywhere, precious, precious ornaments. Oh. And um, Cameron's like, oh, I feel a bit nervous in here. What if I like accidentally like, knock something with my bag? He said, if you do knock anything with your bag, just collapse to the floor and pretend you've had like some kind of episode. Because that's the only that's the only way. It's oh, something in here. There's a gas. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> some gas. There's definitely been a leakage somewhere. <laughs> uh, we got any horror news this week? Yeah, we got some horror news. Some horror news that broke today quite exciting is that the game alan wake there's going to be a remastered version released this fall and not only is it on xbox but it's finally on like multi-platforms as well i never ever played it because it was never on playstation so how does that sound you've not played it before it's um no so i'm like i'm familiar with it and i'm familiar with some bits with the character due to the game control uh and just always sort of seen bits of it about but yeah i wonder how it'll hold up I remember at the time it was like quite interesting and quite well put together. And yeah. it's really, it's, it's not an open world, but there's an element of open worldness to it that I found quite amazing at the time. Yeah, I, I really liked, I really liked Alan Wake, had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Kind of liked the mechanics. I, and in many ways it is very on the nose, but I don't care because it's a lot of fun. So yeah. for those that haven't played it, you, you are, Effectively, like fictionalized Stephen King, right? You're a, you're, you're the kind of character that Stephen King writes in lots of his books. Who is a writer and is has the metaphorical powers that we used to seeing from, you know, a similar studio's game, Max Payne. He's got tons of similes about him, and it's all very, oh, it's all very David Lynch, I guess. Like it's lots of, 
lots of the things from his writing. Yeah, it's got Twin Peaks things about it. And it's about his writing sort of bleeding in with the real world because of some stuff that's going on. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And the Mouth of Madness a bit as well. He's got a lot of layers on, I've noticed. He's got like a jacket, a hoodie, a blazer. It's cold. Yeah. Uh, freezing. I was going to say, I remember it being quite scary at the time as well in places. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if it actually was. I was quite young. When did it come out? It's got to be 15 years, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we would say that here, but no. Uh, so obviously, yeah, remake of, I'm uh, sorry, remastered version of Alan Wake, but also the Dead Space remake as well. And I think this week they showed some gameplay mechanics, sort of like the build of the world and the build of the characters and the, the enemies as well. So it's looking very nice. Yeah, very Dead exciting. Space also great. And I know we should be less excited about um, remakes of games that at least some of us have already played, but. I don't care. Sometimes it's just nice to have that familiarity and like basically the versions of these games we're going to get are how they how we probably remember them in our brains anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it's great for like a new gen- new generation to be exposed yeah. to them as well. You know, yeah, both of them are, they might... Yeah, both of them are very compelling. So it's it's good to see. And you're right, Ben. Like it's nice that people who didn't see them, like you know, with you and Alan Wake the first time round, didn't have the console it was on. Yeah. Um, I'm all for practically everything being multi-format because if something's really good and has a great story or, you know, is a great experience, you kind of want more people to play it. Um, So exclusives and so on, like I understand why they exist, but I would rather there be few and far between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What else have we got? Do you remember that movie Antlers that I think we talked about being released? Yeah. Well, it's finally actually being released. It was set for release in April 2020 originally, but now it's going to be released uh, October 29th, 2021. So it's still slated for release. It's produced by Guillermo del Toro, directed by Scott Cooper. Always thought the trailer looked pretty cool. Uh, Kerry Russell's in it. Jesse Plemons as well. It was always good. So yeah. yeah written by Nick Antosca. He did the um, yes, it Channel is. Zero series. Channel Zero stuff, yeah. And also, he did that brand new cherry flavor, which I've not seen, but uh, I've heard a lot of people really into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard people mention that a few times already. I don't really know what it's about, though. So maybe I could look into that. Um, And then, following on from last week's episode, Candyman, looks like Jordan Peele's Monkey Pool Productions have inked that means signed a two year (laughs) television deal with Universal. So I know Jordan Peele was obviously involved in um, Twilight Zone. I don't think that was Monkey Paul Productions, though, but quite interesting that they've done, they've moved on to Universal because I think they had some sort of agreement with Amazon at some point going down. Hmm. So, yeah, new Monkey Paul Productions. What does Universal content. look like? I mean, what, what are, we talk, are we talking about? Movies at the cinema? Or well, it's a two, it's a two year tel, tel, t- television deal with Universal. So, so what, yeah. What does that end up on over here? Do we get uh, Universal Plus Channel yeah. Channel Five? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it'll turn it'll turn up somewhere. Maybe it'll be like individual properties will be sold to individual things. It could be a Shudder thing. Some of it might go to Netflix yeah. or Amazon anyway. Hmm. I ain't buying another service though, guys. Don't, Universal, I know you're listening. Don't even think about it. Not having don't, another service. Thanks. Don't even think yeah. about it. Yeah. No. Hang um, on a minute. We should bundle all these services in together and just pay for one service with loads <laughs> of different channels. That sounds like a good idea. It'd never take off. It'd never work. Yeah. You, you're going to bring circle. back, like, listen, 
media companies. You're going to bring pirating things back if you're not very careful. Just, just be cool, all right? Be um, cool, guys. Be yeah. cool. Um, um, what do you think of Universal? I guess because of the attempts to run it off, I always come to like Universal Monsters. So quick question. If you were going to have Jordan Peele direct one series with a Universal classic oh. horror monster, who would you give him? Hmm. I Let's... would be tempted with the mummy. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, creature in the black. Um, I'm going to say the mummy. Uh, I don't know why. I just feel like maybe be quite interested more more so than like Frankenstein or. Then again, it'd yeah. be interesting to see him do a Dracula. I think we've seen so many Dracula adaptations, and then there was that BBC one recently, wasn't there? Um, yeah. Maybe Frankenstein. I want a bit of a Frankenstein kick, so maybe. Maybe Frankenstein, something quite unique with that. Jordan Peele would do a good The Wolfman. The Wolfman. Well, that's being made, isn't it, by a, well, a movie by Wano. Ah, there you so go. Think, so the, the, the Daddy Long Legs is, is like circling my head. I feel like it's going to try and <laughs> impregnate me or something. It's going to be in any second. Yeah, sticking those tentacles in your tongue. Um, <laughs> I'm going to grab it. He should do Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah and he could put get let's let's have some good like social commentary in there as well you know i mean i know it already does have that the frankenstein um but yeah i'd, I'd like that i'd enjoy that yeah so basically um, we're agreed he could I, i'd be interested to see whatever he does he does interesting stuff on on the whole but yeah well yeah that's that has uh anybody seen anything of note this week yeah, yeah, I've seen and played some good stuff. Um, I watched a new movie that's um, out it's on iTunes and all that, all that jazz. It's called "We Need to Do Something." Um, oh, it's yeah. I read well the novella and the screenplay is written by a guy called Max Boob the Third, who we interviewed on a, an older podcast three or four years ago. He wrote and self published this novella. We need to do something. I read it last year. I think it's really, really, really good. Um, Josh Malaman's production company picked it up and like steamrolled it into production and got it made really quick. Uh, it played at um, one of the big festivals, did quite well, I think. Um, now it's online and it is really good. <laughs> it's it's pretty stellar. Though it's about uh, there's a big storm in, in America um, and like a big hurricane kind of storm. And a family has to go into a bathroom to stay safe during the storm. But a tree falls in front of the bathroom door, like through the roof, and locks them inside. So they can't get out. So you've got this whole kind of uh, one room, loca- one location situation going on. What do you call that? A boiling, boiling pot situation. That's yeah. Like yeah. Um, and then they start to hear weird noises outside. So we start to think maybe it wasn't just a storm. Maybe something strange happened. And then we find out that one of the people in the family has been dabbling with witchcraft. So maybe oh, no. and, um, it might be related to that. There's, some, there's an amazing uh, scare in there. Um, have, oh, you know, it's got in the woman from Hocus Pocus, not Bette Midler. Not Bette Midler and not, not Sarah Jessica Parker, the other one. No, <laughs> the other one. The other, other one. He, she was the young girl. Um, yeah. Okay. And now she's like the mum in the family. It's got Pat Healy, who's great in everything. I've seen him in there. Um, there's the dad. Um, and then it's got, I don't want to spoil it. There's um, 
just a voice. I don't know how, how we've got this guy to do a voice. Asper, it's not what you won't you won't notice. It's Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne as a cameo in this film. Yeah. Um, and it's just shouting, Gerard! <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really cool. It's fun. It's like quite low budget, so I don't, I don't don't expect your nipples to be rocked off, but it's um. It's a lot of fun and it, it's really cool. That sounds that sounds very good. Um, you say it's on like, is it just on the VOD services that you buy, or is it on anything like a, like an Amazon that you just watch with a subscription? Just VOD to purchase at the minute, I believe. I don't think it's on any subscription services. All right then, Max. I'll I'll send some money your way. You've Luke's <laughs> convinced me, but you owe him one. Yeah. yeah, I think we should maybe get Max on the show to do something to because he needs yeah. to do something. <laughs> to chat about the film or to chat about another film of us, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's, it's a good film and it's a great book as well. I'd definitely recommend anyone to read the book. Um, have also one more thing they've been playing a lot of uh, is a game called Subnautica, which is uh, oh, yeah, I think is this one of these like like a survival crafting thing, right? Or am I mistaken? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, so the, the, the premise is. Um, you're on some ship and it, it crashes and you get in an escape pod and you land on this water planet. It's just water everywhere and you're in this escape pod and then it's just a deep, vast ocean uh, with like a crazy amount of different bits of wildlife um, and you've got your crash, the wreckage of your ship which you can go exploring and swimming through the nooks and crannies of it to, to get supplies and stuff. You've just got to stay alive. That's like the main game loop. There's a day-night cycle. Um, and you've got to cook fish, keep yourself alive, but <laughs> it gets really scary. There's some bits when you go under, you have to go really deep. When it mm-hmm. when it gets dark, you get through cave systems. You start to feel the claustrophobia. You start to hear noises of weird because there's a lot of like strange creatures as well. You're on an alien planet. Who knows what they are? And you start to hear weird noises, and you think, "What the hell is it?" And there's one bit, um, you know, like a shelf, an underwater shelf where the, the ground. I was drops like, off yeah yeah i was like swimming forward the ground dropped off and i was like looking at just vast vast nothingness and i you could just i got the same sense of dread i get when i'm open water swimming in the sea it's just a real sense of there could be anything that you can't see the bottom you can't see the floor at all it's like there could be anything there. and you can hear like distant whale noises and stuff oh. it's 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 really good it's genuinely quite terrifying in places See, that's really that's really convinced me. Like with huge kind of with games with like a I guess a nebulous objective. I'm yeah. sometimes put off from starting them. So I'm like, oh come on. Yeah. Um, well, this one has an uh, inciting incident. There's a bit where you realize there's more on the planet than you there's more going on than you thought. And it's got a really cool sci-fi story that seems to be naturally sort of occurring. Mm. I think it's maybe my favorite type of game. I didn't realize you- this, but like Open world survival, where you look at something in the distance and you go, "I want to see what's over there." Yeah, that's it's awesome. Oh, that sounds good. Maybe I'll give that a go. What, I feel like it play- might be on Game Pass. Might have a look. What are you playing yeah. this on, Luke? Sorry, PS4. I, th- I think it was free at some point or another. Maybe like- oh, I might, might own it then. <laughs> was it? Maybe a, a state of play thing. I, I don't. Oh, was it one of the ones they gave away when PlayStation were really leaning into the to lockdown? So stay in, right? Play at home. It might, it might be one of those. Yeah. I just I just had it in my library. Maybe I even bought it at some point. But might might even have it. Yeah, I'm looking to that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Really, really, really enjoying it. 
Yeah, what about you guys? Anything, Andy? Um, I don't know if you want to save this for last before we go into the film of the week, but it's been another busy week here. But I did get round to seeing The Suicide Squad by obviously the director of today's film, James Gunn. Um, I really liked it. It was very good. You're absolutely right, Luke. It is a very me type of film. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not, I mean, without without spoiling a film that we're not, you know, here to talk about directly. Like the thing I like about James Gunn's movies, and we'll cover this today, and you know, any other of his other films, is that they have a lot of things that I really like. I think they're very good at subverting what you expect is going to happen on occasion i think they typically have nice sharp and fun dialogue about them um i think characters are even simple characters in what is meant to be like a popcorn entertaining movie can be more complex than you might give them credit for and amongst anything else has a nice bit of heart to it he's not about He's not above making you a little bit sad in a comedy film or having yeah. some laughs in a horror film. And then the last part is that he just doesn't mind pushing it that little bit further than you expect a film of that certificate it is to do. Yeah. It's got, um, when I think of like a good superhero team at movie, the, the team at bit has to like really come together. I think this is maybe the second best team up moment. Uh, you know, in Avengers, the first time you went to watch that, and like, yeah, it flew all around New York, and it, it does the the, the 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 turning panning thing around all of yeah. them as they're kind of like that bit like gave me goosebumps when I watched it in the cinema. And then this one, when they start running towards the, they start marching away from the thing and start running towards the other thing, the big thing. It is some really nice music. There's some like punky like, it sounds really music's like great. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like Marilyn Manson's cover of that. Eurythmic song, yeah, um, and yeah, it's fantastic. Really yeah, good. James Gunn does a good needle drop as well. Like I think, without beating up the previous Suicide Squad movie too much, not because I feel bad about it, but because we've only got a certain amount of time. Um, you know, I feel like that's one of the main differences. There's a difference between the kind of way you integrate a score and a soundtrack into this and what James Gunn also did with things like Guardians of the Galaxy. And you see, I feel you see a bit of his hand in this with, I know he has something to do with the Dawn of the Dead remake as well, right? I think he was- Yeah, yeah he, he like, wrote it. Writing yeah. credit as well. Yeah. I yeah. feel like when you see his hand in these things, that is something he's incredibly skillful at. If I look, and I'm very reductive of the last Suicide Squad movie. I feel like it was trying to emulate that, but doing so a little less skillfully. It felt like mm. you are selling albums and it's like a the needle drops are second only to the ones that we got in the um, Fear Street trilogy, um, yeah. where there were countless and sometimes a little bit jarring, but these ones seem to just come up so nicely. Um, yeah, love it. Thought it was great. Good characters, good villain. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, what about you? Oh, sorry, is that everything, Andy? Yeah, that's all. That's all. It's been busy. I guess keeping with the with the comic book adaptation, I saw Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings last night. Any good? Um, 
won't go loads into it because you know it's just come out and don't want to spoil anything but yeah it was really good it was definitely up there with the sort of top top half of the origin stories that marvel have done and you can already mm-hmm. see where they're going to go with phase phase four as well uh and again i always enjoy watching a movie about characters i don't know all that much about i think that's always enjoyable but yeah the martial arts and the choreography and especially the final act as well was very fantastical Mm. yeah yeah, definitely definitely recommend that i'm looking forward to seeing it and i'm looking forward to see them lean into i guess again another sub-genre which is this is what i've really enjoyed these mcu movies in particular is that superhero movie isn't a genre it's a theme you know and we've had all these different things which very successfully integrate you know you have space opera comedies in Guardians of the Galaxy. You have a spy movie in The Winter Soldier. Hmm. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing a martial arts movie and from this all like of the... Um, a fantasy martial arts movie, yeah. yeah. And from all of the like trailers I've seen, the choreography looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was good. It was good. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and the only other thing I saw, which I didn't thoroughly enjoy, was Don't Breathe 2. So I don't know how you guys feel about Don't Breathe. I thought it was all right. It was a fairly tightly wound uh, thriller with some decent tension going going down. And what's his name? Stephen Lang was pretty intimidating as a scary blind man, scary homicidal blind man. This like may be the most pointless sequel ever because not only does it pretty much forget everything that happened in the first movie, and it, but also it encourages you to forget everything that happened in the first movie. Sometimes sequels like just carry on from the first one and go, all right, forget that. Here's a different story. But it forgets. It basically goes, remember that uh, murderous rapist who's keeping people locked up and artificially. <laughs> and what was he doing? Yeah. He was in- trying to artificially inseminate him with a base. Artificially inseminate people. Yeah. Remember that guy? Well, in this film, he likes dogs. So he's cuddly and nice and lovely. He's the hero now. And I'm just like, what the hell? And the plot is just a mess. It's just like such a mess. I'm like, I don't care about anyone or anything or why anything's happening. They involve a kid and the kids, it's, it is just, it is just so, a mess. So what I mean, you, uh, so Stephen Lang B-minus. is the, the hero. <laughs> Stephen Lang is supposed to be like the hero. Um, but like the, the villains, I don't know. Like, I'm just a bit like, right, what, what do they want? Okay, they want this. But why do they want that? Okay, for this reason. None of it makes it? sense. When, no. when do they want it? Right now. <laughs> it's just, it is like, I mean, that's a shit. Are the villains of the piece, do they, you know, are their hobbies something that is worse than no, forcibly no, no. artificially inseminating people that you've captured? You wouldn't necessarily mm. say worse. I think they set it up with that they want to try and make them out to be worse. But no. It was mm. it was a real slog, you know, and it was like ninety minutes long, but it was a real slog from the get go. Where I was just like, okay, I remember this guy, I remember this what was happening, but it just offers absolutely nothing. And what when does a sequel ever go to you? Just forget everything that happened in the first film, please. Yeah, actually, it's same, not. It's, it's same not main character. There's a there's a scene at the beginning where he's sitting and reflecting on it, going, hmm, I was probably out of line on that one. I won't do that again. I'm truly Initially, sorry. Initially, yeah. I thought maybe it's a prequel and it shows us what happened to make him like that. You know what I mean? 
And that would have made <laughs> yeah. more sense in a way, because I'd have been like, right, okay, he's not he's not quite a bastard at this point, but we're gonna see yeah. how he became a bastard. Yeah, no, like see at the like, beginning where his daughter comes up to him and is like, because he hasn't died at the time, and is like, Oh dad, should we get a turkey based? He goes, so What would I need that for? <laughs> what would I ever <laughs> need that for? I bloody hate turkey. Oh, get Jack one anyway. Turkey baster. Check on turkey. <laughs> yeah, it is it's just a real like, yeah. You know when a film just like does That's make you angry, yeah. angry yeah. at the existence of it, where you just like heard oh, it from Ben first. Don't bury the hype. It's not directed by by Freddy Alvarez. Produced um, it by him, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, he's probably just because he made the first one. You know what I mean? Do you want to produce it? Well, I'll make it a t- new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Yeah, what shall I make this ran, film about? Ran one idea past him, and, and said, also right, yeah. the movie's <laughs> called Don't Breathe Two, right? So the first movie was called Don't Breathe because there's a blind man knocking about. There's a blind man cutting about. And you he mustn't can hear, breathe. And you mustn't breathe because he'll hear you and kill you. In this yeah. film, breathing or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to affect anything. It's nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Don't there's, exist. There's, there's not a point where someone's hiding and going, <gasps> that doesn't happen. Ridiculous. Um, Don't breath. <laughs> this is a, a follow-on question from that, Ben. It sounds like it was a slog, but you got through it. Um, what is your guy's feelings on giving up on a movie? How often do you do it? Is it? Do you ever give up on a movie? Have you ever given up on a yeah. movie and a movie at the cinema and walked out? Not, not the cinema. No. Uh, the other day, I was. It was late anyway, so I shouldn't have put it on. But I was on my Arrow Video Player service, and I put I put on Giver because I thought I'm a Giver. That was the awesome like. Talk, what's it called? It's, um, Tatsu David Hater, isn't it? Solid Snake. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got Mark Hamill David in it as well. But like, it was like so not great. <laughs> so not great. I tend to like, I'll commit to watching the film, but like, I'm, I'm going to get distracted. So yeah, I might be talking. Not not in the cinema, obviously, but if I'm watching at home, talking about it much more than I should be. Like, just literally tearing it apart going that makes absolutely no sense or maybe just like that was the worst one is when you're so distracted just start looking at your phone oh you know getting I mean? your phone out is the the, the death knell of now the initially movie. initially i get my phone out because i like to look at you know letterbox and imdb and look at the cast and crew and look at whoa that that person was in this oh yeah i knew that person was in this that's an acceptable use of your phone when the when a film is on because otherwise <laughs> in many ways you're less distracted because then you just know the answer to the film trivia you need rather true, than sitting yeah. there like true that's true that's true but when that becomes oh i'm just i'm gonna look at instagram now and just oh. <laughs> yeah and look and looking at people who, or looking at people who've reviewed the film and then and i've given it like four stars and going what's wrong with you what's up with you or like you know you know you've really lost one it's like I wonder if I could save money on my electricity supplier. You're on you switch. It's flipping through. Not really enjoying this film, am I? I wonder what I'd do if I was blind, knocking about, and someone <laughs> yeah. broke into my house. You're sitting there going, How would I enjoy this film if I was blind? You just sit there closing your eyes about the same amount as I'm enjoying it now, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's just old man Daredevil, isn't he? Pretty much. But uh, not saying Daredevil was a serial murderer rapist but, yeah, you have know. to be careful yeah, yeah. Ben yeah. <laughs> because of breathing air <laughs> yeah he'll, he'll hear you yeah ah. uh, you have to be careful slagging off Daredevil Ben you know very litigious do you know what's crazy though I was going to go and see, see this at the cinema but I kind of missed I kind of missed a run of it 
So, good job, eh? Good job. Couldn't have got uh, your phone out. When is uh, when's Doom coming out? That's soon, right? Is Doom soon? Is Doom, Doom soon. So I think Doom, Doom in soon. the UK is October. Oh, that's not mid, soon enough. Mid to end October. It's been getting good reviews, though. I saw a couple of places give it a 10, a couple of places give it an 8. That's what you want. That's what you okay, want. I see it. Yeah. I feel like this is one that might be a little bit a little bit heavy on the sci-fi side for Karen to see it. She'll come with me because she's very good like that. She'll come and suffer all types of, of films that she has no interest in. But I feel like I, I can already you. predict that we're going to walk out on the thing and she's going, that was a fucking load of shite. <laughs> She'll be watching you and then she'll just look, look, look over and go, you enjoying this? You liking this? And you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Whenever you're watching something That's good. and your partner or, or your parents come in and say, you don't half watch some shit, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, because it, like really it, it. it always goes to a terrible moment when that yeah. happens. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly, I remember, yeah. I remember once I was playing like God of War 3 or something and uh, for some reason, I think, I can't remember, I don't think it was my mum, maybe it was my sister, she just came into the room when there was like a quick time event sex scene <laughs> where you've got to like, like take someone's clothes off with like X square. R2, R2, and L2 to unclasp the bra. Well, maybe not a bra. Oh, no. and she was like, What the hell are you playing? And I was like, It's oh. like it's like a hack and slash action, like adventure, <laughs> ancient Greece god's game, all right. It's not a sex game. And you really you- have to balance whether you're gonna continue playing this embarrassing scene. Or there's also- no pause, or there's no pause in a QTE. So you're gonna pause it and and miss. I think I was getting frustrated as well because I kept messing it up. And what happens is there's two women watching you having this sex scene with somebody. And oh. if you get it wrong, they go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to know what happened because you don't see it. I want to know what Kratos did. He's got his nuts caught in his... In yeah. his uh, James. Well, the, um, I've, not, I've not played the first, first three. Oh, I played the I played the first one. I got halfway through the second. I'm going to do the others eventually. Um, the, the new one was was uh, amazing, like unbelievable. I mean, they're all amazing, you know. I mean, the earlier ones are completely different, but they're all amazing. Yeah, games are just done. fun to play, even if people do <laughs> catch you at the worst possible moment. The other, the flip side of the the terrible thing that can happen to you is that someone wants a quick word with you. Just as a cutscene runs in in Metal Gear, I remember yeah. playing Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, yeah. And um, we were at my friend's house and he's playing it. And then his mom wanted to ask him something. It was literally, he's like, oh, can I just watch this one? And it was towards the end of the game. It was like 45 minutes long. She's, and she's like, no, I really need to go through this now. And I was like, this doesn't pause. What am I going to do? It doesn't pause. Yeah. yeah to be fair, with a Hideo Kojima game, there's no window for someone to put in. It's just no. constant, constant story moments coming at you. How long exactly. is the? Isn't the end to Death Stranding like an hour long? I uh, still, still going on. It was like <laughs> I think it was like eleven o'clock, which is way past my bedtime, and I thought I'm near the end. I'll, I'll just, I can't stop now. I just power through. I think it was like four in the morning. Something <laughs> ludicrous. Jesus. By the time it was all done, I did that. By <laughs> I made a gross error on Batman: Arkham City probably almost didn't get married for it. Like Karen was on a night shift and I'd got to Mr. Freeze in um, in Arkham City and I thought, That's a tough, so he gave, me, he, gave, he gave me the cure. So I beat, I beat Mr. Freeze and he gave me the, the cure and I was like, oh, this is wrapping up now. 
I'm just going to power on and finish it. And what I was meant to be doing was looking at honeymoon destinations and I got to four in the morning and I finished it. And then I just had the thought of like, oh, I should have stopped this about four, about five hours ago. Where are we going on our honeymoon? Gotham City, I'm afraid. (laughs) It just came to the point where I literally had to do, I was really tired and I literally just had to do the poorest searching ever. So not paying any attention, just literally with several tabs at once, looking at several destinations at once, scrolling and clicking to have what looked like a variety of places that I'd that I definitely looked at and researched thoroughly, just enough to get me through the conversation when she got home like two hours later to go, oh yeah, so I've considered these locations. In the end, though, um, got an absolute roasting for it because I had not done an acceptable amount of research, but we did get married, so it was all okay, but I learned a lesson that day. Went on the honeymoon to Barry Island <laughs> and everyone had a great time on the 2P machines. <laughs> but yeah, apart from those existential horrors revisiting us, just watch the movie of the week. Yeah. Movie of the week, which is Slither. is a 2006 American science fiction black comedy horror film written and directed by James Gunn in his directorial debut. It's exciting. Uh, a small town is taken over by an alien plague, turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters. Yeah, it's got uh, IMDb has it at a 6.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 87%. Audience score is a measly 63%. Letterbox has it at 3.3 out of 5. A couple of choice reviews here. Zachem. But as soon as I finished with this rewatch, I got down on the ground and slithered around my apartment for a full 97 minutes. Two minutes longer than the film's runtime. This is what devotion looks like. My transformation has begun. Five stars. He quite liked it. Uh, And then some other person, the dreamer, dreamer of a three, the dreamer. Uh, Considering that these alien slugs take possession of the human body by entering through cavities and not even a single time you make them enter through the ass makes my disappointment immeasurable and my day ruined half a star that's what you wanted dirty boy. just some just some ass slugs ass mm. yeah yeah slugs, slugs in the ass. okay uh so have you guys seen this before yeah yeah this is a film yeah. i think i own this on dvd so this one got quite a few watches back in 2000 and well yeah. 2006 to probably like 2012 Probably watched it quite a lot. Don't think I've seen it since then, though. So this is probably a. It was nice to revisit. Yeah. What about you, Andy? I think I'd just seen it the once when it came out. I think I missed it at the cinema. What year was this? So 2006. Yeah, I think I missed it at the cinema. I caught it on DVD. Definitely one I bought because 2006 is prime era for a three for ten at HMV. And you're going <laughs> like. I, like it's not oh, even yeah. that I only want one DVD. It's that I don't need any DVDs. But there's a three for ten, so I'm going to come away with three to six DVDs. Some multiple of three of DVDs. I think, I think I had one of those horrible DVDs. You know, where it's like a cardboard cover with a little, oh, yeah. little plastic clippy bit. Didn't didn't enjoy uh, those ones. And what was? Oh no, they're no good. And oh, then yeah. Slither. I think Slither was also probably prime candidate for being in a mismatched double pack that was uh, in your Woolworths. <laughs> It'd be like <laughs> Sliver and the Jungle America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a like a real mismatch pair there. So yeah, I had it on DVD and I certainly watched it um 
the once that which isn't necessarily a given sometimes with those bonanzas at hmv you would put those three on your shelf and never watch them but i definitely watch slither um Not uh, take them out of the plastic yeah well i used yeah. to like taking them out of the plastic because you can you find a sharp edge and you run it down there like you like you're chopping the heads off a tuna in a fish cannery um but um but yeah Jesus. i uh hadn't watched it for a number of years until the rewatch for this this must have been yeah, my first yeah. exposure to like a lot of people because I don't think so. I'd, I'd never seen Michael Rooker in anything before, uh, yeah. even Nathan Fillion, because I think I end up watching Firefly like quite a while later, yeah, as well. Um, and I guess this was like the early car- career of Elizabeth Banks as well, went before she was doing was she in a team This American Pie style thing? She was in a few sort of like. I was going to say, not teen comedies, but like... um... Is she Freaks and Geeks? Is she one of them? I don't know. It's a good question. It's a great question. Let's have a look. Films as an actor. She's been in 73 films. So she was in like things like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which was just just before this. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. She's in both... She's in all Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire movies as Betty Brandt. Oh, yeah. Zach and Miri make a porno. Role models. Uh... All that stuff. Um, I think this is a fairly stunning cast, right? Loads of people who are extremely famous and well thought of now. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, people who have followed like James Gunn's career trajectory towards uh, greatness, which is yeah. which is awesome. It's a, it's a great like ensemble cast with uh, some like really funny people in it, and, uh, and a lot of faces where you go, I don't recognize that person from something. What do I recognize them from? Yeah. It feels yeah. like James Gunn is definitely one of those directors that is very loyal to the people that he knows he likes working with. And it feels like if you're good friends with James Gunn, then he's always going to find a place for you in whatever movie. And like, you know, to, to varying degrees, like Michael Rooker has a great, huge, significant part in this one to play. Yeah. And I was always, it was weird, like seeing Michael Rooker in this part, because in my head, I'm quite familiar with that part in Sliver, but I never associated Michael Rooker with it because obviously I've become familiar with him and his work later on. So uh, yeah, that was a bit strange, but still, it was good. What's your What's your go to when you think of Michael Rooker? Is it um, your your Yondu's from Guardians of the Galaxy? Is it your Walking Dead? Merle or Earl? Walking or... Dead as well. Yeah, Merle. Is it Merle? Yeah, Merle. Yeah. Merle Dixon. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's. I mean, I guess yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. But but when he was in The Walking Dead, I was quite significantly invested in that show at that time. So yeah, and I think I what I played a couple of The Walking Dead games of him in as well. He's got a very good. He's got a he's very got, distinctive voice. He's and got presence, a distinctive. He? He's got a distinctive voice for sure, and actually. He's one of those guys, as, as we were watching it early on in the film, we, we see him getting ready for bed in his jammies and you think, is he younger than I think he is or is he just ripped as shit? He's like a fit man. Yeah. And I can't, can you, I can't imagine this being the kind of film that James Gunn would have gone, right, Rooker, I want work you out, to mate. Have a really, yeah. work out, have a really strict dietary uh, routine going on because I want you to be ripped for this one shot where you're going to try and get it on with Elizabeth Banks. I want it to be believable. Even though you're significantly older than her, and we do cover that in the movie, I want you to look look, look the part. 
maybe it was Michael Rooker himself thinking, right, I'm playing the husband of a much younger and very attractive person. Uh, I don't want people to think I'm a, you know, that it's all about, you know, money or like a power dynamic thing. I'm going to really make sure I look fit for that. And, uh, you know, in the run up to it, he was really going for it. Maybe it's because there's something quite threatening about him as well. Like, yeah. As a, not just as a character, like as a character before things kick off, but also afterwards, you're a bit like, oh, geez, I don't quite. Maybe it's because of how much time he was going to be spending in makeup as well. You thought, you know, full body torso, uh, makeup effects, creature effects. I want to be in good physical shape. I don't want people yeah. poke, poking around in there too much. In the one scene that I'm in it as myself, pretty much, I'm going to make sure that I look fabulous. Don't look at um, typecast as someone who's always like covered in old chewing gum, like the uh, Charlie. Um, yeah. How handsome do you find Michael Rooker out of 10 in this film? Like, are we not, are we not falling over Nathan Fillion? I mean, all. he's very charming, but I think uh, Michael Rook has really been hitting the gym. Yeah. Nathan Fillion, I think you just comes into territory, don't you? Know exactly what to, you expect with him. Good hair. Yeah, I think he. Um, it doesn't feel like he's quite perfected his Nathan Fillionness yet in in this film. When did yeah. he? When did he play? Um, so he was in Two Guys and a Girl with Ryan Reynolds, which was like a weird sitcom. And then he was in this, and then I want to say Firefly, Captain Hammer, and then what was the um, so castle? Firefly? Firefly was two thousand and two to two thousand and three. Whoa, okay. Got so he was in that first. I didn't see it till later. Is it one that caught on kind of late? Yeah, yeah, I saw it much later. Uh, yeah, Castle was like two thousand nine to twenty sixteen. So this was sort of in the middle of those two. Yeah, it feels a little bit. A little bit not not normal Nathan to me in this one, uh, not not I mean he he's still doing his not usual charming stuff, but uh, hmm. yeah, it's not reached yeah. the height of his powers yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? So Elizabeth Banks. Um, are they all the key players, really. I think that's most of the key players. Is um, like Nathan Phillips in it. Is, James uh, Gunner's in it very briefly. Yep. Yeah. Um, Did you see? Um, other friend of James Gunn. Did you notice Lloyd? Yes, uh, I did notice Lloyd. Yeah, that was during the that was in the police station, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's a drunk in the police station. Good old Lloyd Kaufman of trauma movies. Where it's funny you mentioned Ben that like this was his James Gunn's first like credited directorial movie as a, a in a feature film. Those yeah. uh, those eggheads uh, not allowing those trauma movies that he did beforehand. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he uh, he writes some Scooby Doo, uh, the movies. He wrote yeah, the Scooby Doo movies. Wrote Scooby-Doo. He wrote the, Yeah, both of them, and he wrote Romeo and Juliet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah very interesting. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how he got that. I wonder how he got a Scooby Doo gig. I'd like to know how. Yeah, that feels like a big jump from trauma to Scooby Doo. Yeah. I can see why he would do. I can see why he would do it. Like he's got that kind of quirky style that would work. Maybe he just had a pitch and just picked it, and you know that was picked up. But I can imagine him doing, you know, doing something like that and it working. It would feed into his style quite well. Yeah. Um, and then a super obviously as well. I don't know when uh, when super was. But um, so um, I guess how? Oh, Jenna Fisher. Sorry, 
uh, who was his fiance or oh wife yeah at the time. Oh really? Yeah, I think so. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, she. I mean, it's just a very very small role, isn't it, for her? Yeah, bit part. Yeah. I really very liked bitty. the guy playing the. Um, is that the town mayor or something? The mayor, um, Greg Henry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. If you showing the influence to the thing in that one as well, his name's McCready, right? McCready, yeah. Because I noticed there was a store called R.J. McCready as well, hmm. which was, you know, nice little nod. Enjoyed that. Um, so how does it, how does it start? Is it pretty much? I think it's like with, a me- meteor that crashes with to the ground. Classic yeah. meteorite landing in small town America. Um, I was just yeah, about that's... to say. Uh, useless Sorry, cops, but I wouldn't, you wouldn't call them useless at all, would you? You'd say the the police force of this town, Wheelsy in South Carolina, it's pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah, they're just there hanging out in the car. A meteor comes down. Um, nothing happens that same night, right? Because you have to have a day shift yet, where we see um, Starla, so Elizabeth Banks, teaching at the school, and we learn that she is married to. Um, Grant, 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 yeah, yeah, classic. Um, surname the same as first name. Have you ever experienced this um, phenomenon in your life? Other than a sat nav, Tom Tom, that's nothing <laughs> else really. Uh, a fact, like a family friend of my, like a friend of my dad's growing up, his name was Gerald Fitzgerald, and I always used to laugh about it, but he was really sensitive about it to the point. Where, like, at a point in his life, he started calling himself Jerry. That makes sense. <laughs> Jerry Fitzgerald. It, Jerry. It, Jerry. it does make sense. But I can imagine me, like an eight-year-old kid, just going like... <laughs> and him going, I'm oh, really sensitive about it, all right? And then, of course, the dad of Gary Neville and Phil Neville, his name was, rest Neville in peace, Neville Neville. Yeah. Neville. yeah. There we Neville. Go. Was that really his name? We had a science teacher called Mr. Knock. And there was a rumor going around that he had a son whose name was Nick. I don't think that was ever <laughs> citation needed. That's a fantastic rumor for a good old Nick Knock, Paddy Wock. Give it a go, bone. Uh, yeah, so we sort of established that Grant Grant is married to Starla. He's the older man. She married him when he was when she was pretty damn young. Uh, I think someone mentions Gold Digger, don't they? But I don't think it was that at all. She kind of was, she had a bit of a difficult time when she was younger and he was the uh, safe older man. So she went off with him, but now he's quite protective of her. It's Get over it. Grant in other films will be played as a, a dickhead. Like he is to some extent a dickhead, in this, but he's also like, he's just genuinely like loves his wife as well. Uh, yeah. This is what I was saying. And let's, let's go back to, Candyman last week as well. It's that four more times. But I mentioned when we were talking about Suicide Squad that there is a depth to some of these characters that you wouldn't get from some other filmmakers. Now, Grant, as we will go on to see, is effectively the villain of the piece, right? He is going to be the big threat throughout the movie, partially, uh, sort of him. And also, we kind of want to dislike him a bit because he's, he's, does a bit of bad bloke stuff but even though he like does bad things and transgresses like you say Luke he isn't a bad person entirely there are things about him 
that he loves his wife. So, like, basically, we'll, we'll get to it. Like, um, Sala comes to bed. He's uh, feeling a bit frisky and pushes it a little bit far and makes her feel uncomfortable or pressured. And she snaps at him and then he kicks off that they're not really having sex anymore in their relationship and he storms off out to she's a already got her, She's already got her rollers in. Yeah, can't be doing that. You'll have... You'll be crimped in all the wrong places. Yeah. Um, Ooh, crimp. So, yeah, terrible crimps. Crimp so you don't I. want that. So you don't want that. So he, he storms off and goes out and then it would be so much easier for another film to make him very two-dimensional here because someone else comes into them, comes in and kind of, it's another another younger woman who has always been attracted to him because he's known as like the rich, successful guy around the town, I guess. How depressing um, is this bar scene as well? Like he's sort of sat there on his own watching a woman sing, carry a crying game. The crying game. And then like a man in front of him as well, just like a whole table full of, nuts just like eating them <laughs> it is super depressing it's a depressing yeah. bar and then someone comes up to him and then and fast forwarding through this bit of it to get to the point here but effectively this woman goes off to the woods with him to show him where she carved a little love heart in the tree that she that said she fancied him when she was a kid and then goes to pretty cop off with him and um he's not having anything because he's married and he's worried uh you know he says oh actually i need to get home because my wife's going to worry about me so He's not a complete arsehole, basically. He's not yeah, necessarily a, redeem- a good person. Like a redeemable factor. Yeah. There's like, he, yeah. They say he loves his wife. And then, as I was mentioning with the Candyman, this is one of the problems I had with the movie last week, that we had some very skillfully delivered characters and then some characters who you wanted to get knocked off nice and quick who were just through and through. They were like a stick of rock. You cut their arm off and it's going to have arsehole printed all the way through that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, and, and it stood out in a film which was by and large quite thoughtful but now you have a film here which is by its own admission it's a silly schlocky horror movie but the characters here still have a little bit more nuance to them in, in this example at the very least yeah yeah I think I agree with that and I think that's something that comes through in James Gunn's work from this and beyond you know, sometimes characters that could could be quite two-dimensional mm. are given a bit of... Uh, and they give you that unexpected moment of, like, of care, I guess, for somebody. When you're like, oh, I didn't know if I was really going to care that they're dead, and now they're dead. Oh, dear. Well, that, that, especially in Suicide Squad, that really does... Yeah. He, yeah. he replays those cards quite well. Yeah, and he's not afraid of killing a character off either, even if it's one that you're going to like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, very instant death sequences where you're like, oh, well, no, oh, he's got them as well. Uh, so they find this um, meteorite and it kind of looks a bit, well, spiderwebby, I guess. Yeah. Looks like Peter Parker's been at it and he's been in my flipping head, all over it. In my head, it's the one from Creepshow that Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. Is it, did it look exactly the same? Why gets meteor, meteor shit on him. I think yeah. it looks kind of similar. This one looks a bit more. So what happens? I can't remember. My reference just... here is my reference here, especially because they poke it with the stick, is the blob. You know, yeah. this is this is the homeless man poking the poking the meteorite with a stick, and then he got blobbed. Whereas um, Grant Grant gets spiked right in the chest. 
I've got a spike in my chest, Liv. <laughs> yeah. Um, he gets, he gets a spike. spike. There's a lot of like, how much Grant Grant slash Michael Rooker chest action is there in this movie? His yeah. chest is getting, it's in, it's out. It's like maximum uh, airplay. Yeah. So he gets he gets spiked and um, basically collapses, only to then get up and then march away, leaving. Oh, what's the lady's name that she's with? Brenda. Um, Brenda. Brenda's kind of um, just wondering what he's what he's doing, and then he. Do we see? We get like a Mortal Kombat X-ray effect, don't we? Where it goes and changes yeah, yeah, inside yeah, his yeah. body. We see it like go up his spine and in, essentially into oh, his yeah. brain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a Mortal a Mortal Kombat uh, fatality moment, and then he just goes home, doesn't he? Yeah, he drives home. He starts eating all the meat. Or. Yes, that's right. He drives yeah. home and he says, "Chomping at the bit," and he yeah, um, chows down on all of his all of his cold cuts in the in the fridge. Yeah, and then uh, the next morning, Starler gets up. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And since she basically wants to make amends with Grant Grant, and she says... Yeah. She starts playing a song, which I think maybe was played at their wedding or something. Yeah, he sings like that. She plays like their first dance. You're every woman in the world. Yeah, yeah, like it's just like a, just like a nice. Like she tries to make amends and tries to, I guess, bring some romance back into their relationship. And again, and this come, is a nice he... touch point, right? This is them. It's not that she is the victim of an unhappy marriage that she was forced into when she was too young. She is. She just love her husband. Yeah. Mm. Um, as, and he comes up from the basement where he's like making a nest. Slept like, on some leaves. In the night. Slept on a load of old leaves. He like <laughs> get, pours the leaves out and gets on it. And like, that's wiggling around, making a nice little bed. And I thought, I guess big question. Why did he have a bag of leaves in his basement? Maybe he swept them up the day before. He's done some raking, hasn't he? Done a bit of raking. He gone, they'll come in handy. Yeah. Um, so he has a little bit. He, he gets down and then. I guess you have a worry here that is he going to be just a monster already, but he isn't. He knows who his wife is and he talks to her and um, do a bit of sex in that he was after last night, except he wasn't an alien then. It's um, weird because there is a bit of, because there's a bit where he like, looks at the photo of them, looks at their wedding photo and almost like remembers who she is from that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's almost like it's taken over him to a degree, but then he's also been able to drag himself back in. Cause there's a few times I think where you think he's going to kill her and he manages to like stop himself from he, doing that. His, his mind is kind of getting lost to the hyper consciousness of the alien thing, whatever it is. And every now and again, he's able to bring it back a bit. Yeah. Um, and re- remember who he is. It's weird because that bring it back. He um he's constantly kind of losing himself to uh, uh the alien super brain thing. But then every now and again, like it's with it when like when he just says like, like Starla's name or something. Um, it's weird that he has like as much control as he does because everyone else starts saying. Starts yeah. falling in love with Stalin and stuff. I was yeah, kind yeah. of conf- I was I wasn't sure as to what the angle was on this. Whether it was like as you guys just described, was it that he had some kind of autonomy that was left, and it was Grant trying to exercise his personality, or having assimilated Grant because he kind of mentions in an alien context late in the film that he's never felt those feelings before. So I'm not sure whether it wasn't the other way around, and it is entirely the alien the whole time. Grant is dead, but it's it's kind of got the feelings from him. So in many ways, having experienced, you know, love and the feelings that the body is taken had towards Starla is the alien feeling these things himself. Because then she's, oh, I, you know, later on, she's, oh, you like it when I call you Grant and you're having a name. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could interpret it either way. I took it the, the latter, that it was maybe... The alien had decided he loved her. I took it the former, where Grant, like it's like a, an individual versus the hive mind, sort of bat. Like there's some sort of internal battle going on. Yeah. Mm. Like oh, in, the, in, the, in the Hulk cartoon, there's like a chess match or something going on inside his head between the Grey Hulk and the Green Hulk. Remember that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or or Superman three, where they have that fight in the junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh, I think we get a bit of Nathan Fillion accent around here, don't we? I think we cut away from Grant for a little bit. Uh, I can't remember what... Oh, did... hmm, I don't know. Sorry. Is it the build-up to... Is it in... I think it goes to the... We have a we have a couple of little throwaway scenes, like, you know, Starla goes to work the next day, and then I think, you know, she mentions things getting a bit better with Grant, and then they have a... It's like a barn dance or some sort of event that's on that evening, and he walks in on her as she's in the shower and he's got his um his tummy tentacles are around at this point yeah and he's uh and he's getting your tummy tentacles away you dirty boy (laughs) yeah and he's getting a bit he's getting a bit hungry he's already gone and bought loads of steak while she was at work like all the steaks in the world so he's goes can i just have six ribeyes please oh you got you're having a barbecue he's like yeah similar yeah Actually, make it 12. Actually, make it 24. You know what? Give me everything you got. And then then he turns up with literally the back of his truck loaded with meat. And then at some point, maybe you've seen him eye up a dog um, suspiciously as well. Um, I'm not sure if we've seen the fact that he's been eating dogs or anything yet, but effectively he's... This is one of those films that gives no shits about showing dead dogs. Killing animals, yeah. (laughs) Killing animals. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's he he's again. This is probably the point that you think that Luke made as well. That like it feels like he's about to attack Starla, but then the Grant portion of the personality kind of stops him, and he storms out and says, "Oh, I've left something at work," and he stands her up for the date. Uh, so he storms away, and that's when we see Nathan Fillion 
kind of lamenting that he always loved Starla when when he's watching at the barn dance. Yeah. And I guess that's another yeah. reason that even though Grant isn't a bad guy as such, him being he's kind of like in the way of the relationship between like the hero of the movie, I guess, and and Starla. Yeah. I guess that's why he sort of becomes that. It's almost like I'm glad deep down Nathan Fillion's like, I'm glad he's got tentacle disease. Finally, yeah. my time to shine. Yeah, it's one of those things like, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a bad guy, so I wouldn't want to break you up with your husband. But if he ever did turn into a tentacle slug, then... Um, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. I'll be there, completely tentacleless. I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, what, so this, at this point, Grant was supposed to be at the dance, but he's gone to find Brenda... Because he has these urges now, these overwhelming urges, and he didn't want, he was managed, he managed to hold himself back from uh, using those, unleashing those urges on Starla. He's, he's gone to Brenda instead. Yeah. Let yeah. himself go wild. And she's got a baby as well. And I was like, oh, don't eat the baby. Yeah, he doesn't eat nice, the baby. A nice bit of added like trauma and tension behind this, right? Um, you didn't necessarily have to have a baby. It wouldn't necessarily play into anything, but you've increased the stakes and increased the tragedy by the fact he looks at this little, yeah, this little baby You're... in the crib and goes, eh. "Well, you, and you yeah. don't really find out what necessarily happens to the baby for quite a while." Yeah. So it kind of keeps that little moment of tension and uns- what's like unsurety there as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his whole thing with the tentacles is he has to. I don't. He has to get both of them in you. Yeah? And they, yeah. they shoot like something inside of you, something frothy. Um, and Porridge. like when they're in you, you kind of uh, almost instantly, maybe when they're both in you, you're almost instantly kind of overtaken by the hive mind. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They, they're kind of very sexual. It looks, yeah. It looks... They're, 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 they're thrashing about and they, it's like the, focus on everyone's facial expressions when this is happening as well. Yeah, to the, the point cast, where I was like... <laughs> the cast call here, we're all required to Just do a lot, of, lot know, of eye rolling. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. But he, unfortunately for Brenda here, she gets that he filled up like a shoe pastry. She's like an eclair when he's done. Um, yeah. Um, and, and Grant seems to enjoy it as well. Um, but it isn't made clear whether she's alive or dead at this point. He's just filled her up with his gunge um, and is... I don't know how much more I can take of this. <laughs> oh, I've got more. What's um, happened is he's filled her up with his gunge and then he's done with her, essentially. He's not, though. He really swipes her. Do we see him take her away or...? Because this is all uh, going on while the barn dance is happening, there's a, right? And there's a moment later where we see that he's like locked her up in a sort of barn out, out in the wilderness and she's chained up and he starts bringing her meat. He's like, she's like very hungry. She's oh, absolutely starving. Famished. Absolutely ravenous. Can I have a... You got anything to eat? He goes, yeah, I've got these... Got all these animals that it, I've been... I've only got two fingers of Kit Kat. We could have one each. Sorry. That's not going to no. cut it. Sometimes when you're out there, and it's a good concession to healthy living, and I understand that people do it. You know, when you're out for a dinner, and your partner goes, "Oh, should we, should we just share a dessert?" 
and it's very nice, but part of you thinks, oh, drink the whole one. The old bloody one. So, um, uh, Nathan Fillion brings Starla back to her house, I think. And then does Grant show up there with, and he's kind of got his monster smile. He's he's stayed. Uh, he's he's been gone all night. Uh, the um, the police come round the next the next day. With the basement has already been locked, but that was what happened on the same day. He bought all the meat, and he sort of pied it off as, "Oh, don't be asking some questions this close to your birthday." She's my best number eight. Ah, that's close enough. And because he's been more thoughtful recently since he's been an alien, um, she kind of lets it go. Um, I think the when we see him this, this time, his head's just a bit like red and inflamed, isn't it? Oh, that's right. He is at home, yeah. and he's because uh, oh, because he is at home, and he says like, oh, I got stung by a bee, or I fell in some poison, I got something happened. Basically, I've had a terrible <laughs> allergic reaction, but I don't have need she... to go to hospital. I phoned I've seen the, the doctor. doctor yeah. He gave me some cream, that same cream that um, that Anthony had on the Candyman the week before. There we go. That magic cream is well good. It, it, have you been infected by an extraterrestrial parasite or infected Ghost. by Candyman? Either um, or the creams can sort you out. Have a cream. Um, yeah, anything. Anything you've got. Rub a bit of that cream on and it'll sort you out. Um, but Starla finds out the following day. She phones the doctor. Does, did you guys see who the doctor was played by? I, I know who the doctor was played by. Yeah, I've I've just I read it earlier. Do you know? Um, it? It's um, Robert Zombie. Oh. Robert Zombie, Bobby and he Zombie. says, and he says, I haven't seen your husband in months or something like that. And she's like, yeah. that dirty lying bastard. And she gets home, and the police call round and see her and say, it's just you know this woman went missing yesterday. Uh, Brenda and people have seen seen Grant walk into her house. And she kind of, despite her suspicions, covers for him immediately and says, oh, well, no, he, he's not here. Uh, it's fine. I'll call you if I see anything. And then she goes inside. Her suspicions get the better of her. And she breaks into the basement and sees it's oh, yeah. full of yeah. horrible dead dogs and cats. Yeah. All the missing pets that you see in posters for around the neighbourhood. Yeah, he's just been gobbling them up like a dirty greedy horrible parasite um and does he like turn up pretty much he's he's at the window isn't he and he's like what oh, have yeah. you done she's phoning that she's in the middle of phoning the police back and he goes oh but he betrayed me haven't you and now he's got sort of like the sort of split creepy smile yeah he's, look, definitely... he's looking a bit gooey already his he's head looks a like a potato with like all the little things growing out of it little eyes. A potato. Yeah. Little eyes yeah he looks like a spud yeah. Um, um, do, I mean, the police, I think from the police turn up. Yeah, they're obviously just down the road because it's literally minutes after they left when he phoned. Um, he he comes in and is like, yeah, he's strangling her, um, strangling Starla, and like, you know, it's, it's like he's going to kill her at this point. I does he get his tentacles out and go to get I her at this the point? Tentacles are out to get her, yeah, but they don't they don't get her. I think she hits him with something and manages to sort of get away. Then the police come in and he runs he off just, with a wobbly he just arm. Immediately, immediately runs off. Yeah, he gets a oh, big yeah. old wobbly tentacle arm. 
and uh, they all the police kind of like are aghast with with the sight of that, and he runs off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we kind of, I think, skip forward in time a little bit. I think the the yeah, like this uh, three days later or something like that, and they haven't yeah, found yeah. him yet. And they're talking about him like he's like calamari, or they're making jokes about how he's a, he's a squid or something. Squidman. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. So they've been searching for him. They've got like, they get a group together as well, don't they? So it's mainly the police, but they get a, some other people together as well to help out. Little posse, because um, it's like a yeah. that was the thing that the barn dance was about. It's to celebrate the beginning of hunting season. So there's loads of hunters around. I'll hunt something. Do you want to hunt something? What about a tentacle man? Oh yeah, I'm gay. I'm gay. Got one of them gay, before. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Um. So yeah, they go on this on this search, uh, and they end up pretty much like what are they doing? Like staking out a place where he was. Oh, that they sort of find the cow bodies, don't they, and follow them. And yeah, they've, they've find... basically been they've seen the trail of the farms that have been attacked. And we get another scene where they're investigating where there's like gutted dogs and cows everywhere. And again, they don't pull back from this at all. I imagine for those that look out for content warning because they don't like to see animals being killed in films. Hmm. Yeah, many red flags on this one. Yeah, uh, and also like the CGI is all right as well. It holds up pretty well when we get some distant shots of of uh, Grant going full tentacled on a cow, and then there's a bit later yeah. where he sort of like sort of uh, wiggles swipes, away, swipes a guy. But yeah, this is when this is what happens now, right? So they predicted on the map. This is the direction he's going. He's going to be at this farm tonight. So they kind of stake it out. Is and are ready for him to arrive. Is it the Strutmere's farm? Yes. Yes. Mr. Strutmeyer. 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 Yeah. Uh, and um, so the mayor tags along as well. We forgot to mention him. Um, yeah. And it, it seems like he's just doing it for the sake of the sake of the town, I guess. Publicity. Well, like, like, publicity yeah. well, he, he doesn't it's want anything to go out of control, I guess, right? Because he's like... Um, he doesn't necessarily believe he's turned into a squidman. And um, he just yeah, wants to make sure there's not a horrible PR disaster. And Starla has also come along because she realises that Brenda is missing. And if Grant is killed, they'll never be able to find her. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, we see Grant getting a cow and then they all follow after him. But Starla kind of goes ahead and basically calls out to him, confronts him and says, Grant, you bloody crazy bloke, you gotta stop all this. And he's and he's but he's he's too far. Thinking gone. about I think, it. I think he's if you saw him, it. if you saw him, you'd go, There's nothing I could do here. He is 90% tentacle at this stage. He's very uh squishy looking, very wet. Um and he's been eating yeah. cows and stuff. How could, how could you how could you get back in bed with a man who's killed 50 dogs and 20 cows, you'd be like, nah, I can't look either the same way. Yeah, maybe she thinks he can get better. Maybe he can, much like a blind man from Don't Breathe Too, he can sit down and reflect on his actions. Yeah. <laughs> remember that tentacle man in Sliver? Yeah, I remember him. He, was, he killed loads of animals, didn't he? Yeah, but now he's an animal lover in <laughs> Sliver 2. Oh, yeah, I'll watch that. He's the hero of the piece. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, yeah, so she's she's trying to get through to him, and she sort of leans on their marriage vows and says, "Oh, you know, you're just sick. You have to get to the hospital. Just come with us." But then, like in many films of this, 
because it wouldn't be very good if it all just ended peacefully. Another police, one of the police deputies just steps out and like, you can come all peaceful like, or we can fuck you up. And he, um, he whips him, whips him like he's a metal, one of those metal cables in the film, ghost ship. He gives him a whipping <laughs> and he thinks he about him. it for a second. What I liked about this, there's an effect where he whips him and he, you don't initially see that there's been like a wound on his head, but he just looks kind of like bruised under his skin. His, his face looks kind of purple around here. Yeah. And I thought that was quite effective. He goes down horizontal, uh, vertical, right? Right down yeah. the middle there. Yeah, yeah. Right it's down the middle. Been halved. Yeah. Um, Classic. So Grant gets away. I think he maybe shoot at him. He kind of, he's, he's quite quick. He's fast. Yeah, he's yeah. quick. He scurries right off like Medusa. Yeah, as a gets a right slither on. Very snaky. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe, okay, so they chase him through the woods. They, they go hell for leather trying to get to him. And then they, they, found him, they found a cabin and they're like, oh, he's in here. Let's go get yeah. him again. And this is when they run into Brenda, who's still chained up. And she's like, uh, you know, fat vampire from uh, Blade 1. Like that, yeah, but, but times ten. Times times what, ten. Yeah, the girl who eats the the sweet in uh, Willy Wonka. Can't remember her name. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's Violet. been Violet. Be- she's been Violet Beauregarded. Yeah, she's absolutely. <laughs> it's like a blimp that's come. That's like an enchanted blimp that's come to life in a Disney film. Oh. An enchanted <laughs> blimp full of rotten meat. And she's yeah. still hungry. She's still hungry. She said, "Pass me a bit of that possum over there. Just a little nibble on the possum." Yeah, but she's like big bloated and almost like trembling with you wouldn't yeah. go anywhere near her, she, but she absolutely stinks. I bet she stinks, yeah. She looks like she stinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Grant's looking in through the window again. We find out that Grant led yeah. them there. He's like, ah, <laughs> I got you, <laughs> I got you, yeah, twats. He really polies away. Um, and <laughs> the um, this is when Brenda starts to split open, I think, yeah, bursts. Yeah. She starts to split like uh, you, you ever seen those videos where somebody puts um, elastic bands on a watermelon, just like oh, yeah. hundreds of them until they explode. They've got like um, swimming goggles on ready just for when it explodes. Kind of looks a bit like that. It's a bit <laughs> unexpected. Splash zone. Oh, You're it's, standing it's, in the splash it's sticky. <laughs> <laughs> it's sticky, but yeah, she explodes. But um, it's just load, load of the old slugs that come out. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of they wash right over most of them. Uh, I think they get in a fair few of the mouths. Yeah, there's a couple of folks. Basically, all of the minor characters whose name you aren't going to remember. Another female deputy is fine, but yeah. Nathan Fillion, this... Starla, um, the mayor—they're all okay. They all like cover them and like they realize that the things are trying the mayor, to get in their mouths. The mayor says it was trying to get in my mouth. What kind of thing wanted to eat you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, this reminded me a bit of a certain Suicide Squad moment with rats as well. Yeah, rats yeah. and um, uh, starfish. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, the way um, I think yeah. one of them gets up. The, the older detective guy gets up. Old detective, older police guy, and he he says something to Starla. I can't remember what he says. Yeah, so they been... like super confused. Yeah, they've yeah. been got, um, and for all intents and purposes, they think they've just. They're not dead. They're all just unconscious. Um, so they're starting to clear things up. Um, and we see that um, you see the old man comes up and he's talking to her. 
in a way that's confusing because effectively he is Grant now, yeah, and he's yeah, like, oh, awesome. you know, why did you, I, why did you betray me? Like, oh, I think you'll think you're ace. A Grant hive mind, it looks like. Yeah. Any, anyone, anyone who gets infected by these big red slugs become like a Grant hive mind. And we get a we get a breakdown of this. I guess we get basically a character that gets to be a little exposition machine when we see the wave of slugs having moved away from our main characters, they go to the farmhouse just as everyone's getting ready to bed. So there's a mom and a dad, there's an older daughter who is, you know, top end of being a teenager and there's two little kiddies. Yeah. And yeah. this is your scene from, although the exact image from the bath doesn't, from your image in the no, background doesn't no, happen then, but just, it's a bit slightly different. One. It would it would be far different if that was the case, but we just get it's sort of like an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street, isn't it? Yeah. This so one's full slugs... of little homages. Like we've got the blob, we've got society later on. Um Nightmare on Elm Street. The thing probably throughout, and I know that this is also I have not seen it actually. I've added it to my list to catch up. I know this is directly I guess it's most often accused of being a heavy take on Night of the Creeps. It's like an 80s movie yeah, about like seen. slugs that yeah. go in your mouth and make you into a zombie. Yeah. Um, but I've not like seen that. it. I've not seen it. Invasion of the Body Snatchers as well, I guess. Yeah. 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 So there's, it's that. definitely, uh, I, I'll reserve full comment until I've actually watched Night of the Creeps, but it feels like what this is, is a homage to any number of, of, of horror things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like that. So the slug comes to try and join the teenage girl in the bath. Uh, and it gets pretty close to infecting her. But when it's in her mouth, there's a moment where she kind of views like the history of the extraterrestrial parasite. She sees it on another planet infecting some weird, what, like rat creatures? It looks yeah. Like. yeah, like big, bald guinea pigs. Big, bald guinea pigs. And she kind of sees... <laughs> like other things for like Grant and other things as well. Didn't see. So she kind of understands how it works as well, but it, she doesn't let, well, it doesn't get her. She manages to throw it, rip it out, the wall. chuck it, it out. And then she the kills it with a, Oh, sleepaway camp gets it with the straightening irons. The way, oh, yeah. the way that the thing, um, it kind of bakes and then cooks and then splits open. And it's like pussy stuff comes out. It looks like kind of real to me. Like yeah. it, it, it starts off super gooey and then it seems to dry just the right, the way I imagine a slug like that would dry if you shoved an extraterrestrial something. slug would die. I just yeah. kept thinking, why she got the straightening irons on? If I was in that household and I came in and said, "What are these doing on? You're in the bath. Your hair's soaking wet. Dangerous. Absolutely not. Very dangerous. Uh, yeah. Obviously handy in this in this situation. Maybe there's a sub, uh, a sub story in this film of a teenager who's very sad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we don't get to see the rest of it. But yeah. at the same time, slugs start appearing everywhere. Um, she goes out of the out of the room. She finds a mum. Hey, mum! And then she's like got a slug flapping out of her mouth the whole at that point. She goes into the kids' bedroom. There's like two, the tw are they twins or something? Two little like twins, yeah. Convulsing in the bed. Yeah, uh, they've been got. If this film doesn't care about animals, it doesn't care about kids either. It's like, what's that kids got? Immediately got. <laughs> again, maybe again, blood. Leaning into the aesthetic of the 80s remake of The Blob that, again, just 
you kill kids off. Yeah. Which is realistic, right? In a horror movie, kids are through Very many slow. metrics worse than adults. Um, better at being young, absolutely. I'll give them credit for that. Not as good at fighting slug monsters, I would wager. No. So she manages to escape the house, but then all her family basically come after her, like zombified. Zombified, but also like reminded me of the vampires in I Am Legend, the book, not the film, where they're like trying to convince her. So just I'll just come out and join it. Come out and chill with us. Come on. It's only, it's only your little sister. How scary can I be? They've got you can like, see in uh, my background here. She's very scary. Look at her little face. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought. But she's but she's on to them now. She knows their plan. Having been almost connected to the slugs, she did a bit of eye rolling when she was being attempted to be possessed. So she kind of knows how it works now. So what you have here is a resource of a character that, you know, in the absence of there being a science character, you know, Doc yeah. Brown, who just knows it all, you have her who now can offer some explanation as to what the what the ins and outs are. Yep. That's good, I think. I think that works. Yeah. Um, so Nathan Fillion's character is coming back into the town um, while everything's continuing to kick off with his colleagues and Starla as well. And he stumbles across this family trying to kill um, the teenage daughter as well. And they just run, don't they? He helps He helps them get away. And they he, just run. Yeah, she, she, he sees them and they turn their attention to him. She's able to run out of the car and they start to make their, where she's hidden, and they start to try and make their escape. Meanwhile, Starla is being confronted by, um, you know, the old man that is basically Grant. Um, the other zombies start getting up, and this is where the female deputy, who was fine, gets got, because they can also spit acid now. Yeah, yeah, they can spit some really spit corrosive, venom. horrible... <laughs> acid which like because i kept thinking oh they're quite slow you probably would be able to outmaneuver them but yeah then they they do a dolophosaurus at you yeah yeah so <laughs> she gets nedried and um, gets nedried. i have nothing on me <laughs> yeah so she gets she gets got um and then starla blows one of the guys away like does a proper like head explode with a shotgun yeah and I guess the, the two groups kind of meet up with each other. So Nathan Fillion and the teenage girl, uh, Kylie, have um, they've started to try and make an escape in the, in the police car. They see the others running across the road and Starla taking out one of the other deputies by like smashing him in the face with like a big metal pole. Yeah, <laughs> she like um, or something. Like she's like going, yeah. going to town on it. Drab, drag, like stabs him in the throat. It's like, <laughs> um, yeah. so she's she's on board with killing the zombies already. So then they basically are able to collect um, McCready, the mayor, Starla, who have escaped that that scenario. The four of them head back to town in the car, and they're phoning um, Shelby um, at the dispatch center to, to ask what's going on. But unfortunately. Um, she gets got by worms. Yeah, they come through the ceiling, I think. There's a bit here, so I think Nathan Fillion goes to get some weapons and a grenade from the, yeah. from, from the police 
I got uh, a grenade. I've been saving for rainy yeah, he's day. Been save, he's been saving the grenade because they leave it behind when they first go. But they, um, he gets attacked by a deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they all get they all get separated in the first instance. I think one of the characters they see a deer being got by the slugs. They take um, the um, what's his name, the the prime minister. They take yeah. Tony Blair. Yeah, because Grant has been Grant has basically got an executed plan because once Shelby's been possessed, they come on the radio again and say, "Oh yeah." got a surprise for you and the surprise is that they're going to crash another car into you and wipe you out and then try and kidnap you so Stala is taken um, as is the mayor McCready and now we're just down to Nathan Fillion and um, what Kylie or something Kylie. Like. Yeah, the, Kylie whole deer, the whole deer sequence was very evil dead wouldn't it yeah, yeah. That, that's his evil dead scene and that's where they're trying to get it because they realise that if they can use that grenade to try and kill him um, that might be the solution if they can get Grant. And then we have your deer bit where they're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and think that fight they... lasts for that long, does it? I think. No, because I think Kylie intervenes and saves him. And then they decide to. <laughs> That's a big old squash. They decide to say, oh, it was me that saved you, wasn't it? Kit, yeah. Kylie. When we tell this story. And she's like, yeah, if you want, you twat. Yeah, she's like, yeah, like you did save me, thanks for that. But you do realise when I tell this story, it's going to be does, the way around. Yeah, she does kind of tell um, Nathan Fillion about what the essentially big plan of the parasite is going to be, what the true form of the parasite is, how it takes over hosts and what it does to those infected and what Grant's larvae, larvae are going to do. Yeah. So, yeah. And this is the breakdown, right? Like, fill in any gaps that I've done it. So Grant, the main host body, is the alien itself. Anyone who gets a slug in them will be just basically an extension of him that you can go out and can do his bidding. Mm. And then effectively, his nature is that he's going to either eat and consume and just cham them up, anyone that's alive, um, take them, make them into a breeder by injecting them with that thing that helps him make more slugs. Or um, I think eventually, even people that are slugged will basically come and be absorbed into his biomass, like melt into him. Yeah, I like um, society, like the end of uh, like the end of Inside. Yeah, just wants yeah, to be, yeah. just wants to be a big old jab of the hut. Yeah, yeah. That's what he wants to be. And he's getting they're, there. They're like all, well, the ones that like uh, melt into him. They look. There's there's still something very sexual going on. They're all kind of writhing around and like oh. groaning. Yeah. Um, also, there's like, I don't know what's happening, but some guy, it's not. I don't think it's the mayor, but some guy is getting their arm melted off or something. Like uh, they're they're rounding up some people and then they're doing the venom spit. On, on his arm or something to, to take it off. I don't know. I just remember, just remember this guy screaming for... Weren't they doing that to... Oh, yeah. I kept thinking that was the mayor, but maybe it's just someone else. I think it might have been a randomer. Oh, just yeah. Randomer it's just, just a randomer they're pulling along. Do they do that just to tenderize them for easy eating? I think maybe. Easy eating, easy digestion. Farming like the bits, yeah. Is that a... You know, a, is that a the fly thing, do you think? Maybe. Maybe he's deliberately throwing 
throwing stuff like that into yeah. Look at all the well, no, if you're if you're if you're James Gunn and you don't know that this is your first and maybe only mainstream mainstream movie you might ever get to direct, throw throw everything in. Yeah, throw all the references in there. Yeah. Um. So what happens now? I think they got so the plan is essentially go in, put a grenade up Grant's bum, uh, blow him up, and then if he dies, then all of the other people would die because he's the yeah, he's the mother, and that's he's the mothership essentially. That's the that's the best guess that they've got, right? And Kylie goes, yeah, maybe, and that's the best that's the best chance they have. I if love this. I mean, we haven't really dwelled on it. There's loads of like Nathan Fillion in particular has some great dialogue, but there's a little exchange here just before they get to the house, which I loved in this movie. It was like, well, what are we going to do now? It's like, probably, it's like, oh, this is all fucked up, isn't it? And it's like, well, what are we going to do now? It's like, probably get turned into one of these fucked up things. Like, that's, 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 pretty, that's pretty negative. <laughs> it's like, well, I've got nothing else to give you at the moment. Sorry. Um, but yeah, they, they, they've got to the house. And this is where you can see people, you know, some people moving along and actively getting absorbed into him where he's hanging out the back of the house. He's a big old Akira at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. he's people are actively going and like lying down against him and getting absorbed. Pretty sure that James Gunn's brother is one of them. Oh, he's got to be, and he what? Sean Gunn. He's yeah. got to be. He's got to be there somewhere. Sean Gunn's one of the ones in the living room, I think. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, and meanwhile, while this has been happening. Um, Starla is upstairs in bed and they've brushed the hair and everything and made them look all nice. He's made um, a lovely like shrine to her with all the yeah, pictures of them. The pictures up. Which is lovely, isn't it? Uh, or, I just kept thinking, if, if you had a high if you were a hive mind and you just infected loads of people, think how much stuff you'd get done. All the <laughs> DIY in the house will be done in one day. It was like a changing room scenario where everyone yeah. hands on deck. I wouldn't want them to absorb into me afterwards. They just want the slugs to get them to come and do yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, no need to absorb into me. It's all right. Just uh, the, the grass needs mowing. Lawn needs mowing. Uh, this needs doing. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Almost like a Dr. Manhattan scenario, isn't it? Where yeah. he's like, you you go upstairs and sort sort her out and I'll, uh, I'll sit down here reading the paper. That's right. Yeah. Given, given the choice, if you had to make one, would you rather be a big slug man that people absorb into or a blue naked man that experiences all time at once? What do you reckon? Ah, oh, well, Dr. Manhattan's dead depressed, isn't he? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Is Dr. Manhattan depressed? He's just disconnected, right? Just, just disconnected, disconnected because like, he's, seen, he's seen... Imagine this, right? We're, we've done almost 200 episodes of this. Imagine if you had seen all of the films, at, you've simultaneously experienced them all at the same time, also films that don't yet exist because you can see the future, and you also already know what you're going to say on this podcast because you also experienced that in the future. It's a lot to take in. Sounds like a, it'd be a great listen, you know what I mean? <laughs> it'd be a great listen. Yeah. You'd be but listening yeah, to the yeah. most knowledgeable horror fan ever. Yeah, so you'd be you'd be disconnected, but you do a hell of a podcast. Yeah, especially if you had your blue wang out. Yeah, and there's no oh, way that you'd ever be behind as well. You know, sometimes once or twice you've had to record on a on a different day because we haven't quite got to the movie yet. He wouldn't do that because he's experiencing the past and future simultaneously. So I think it's a no brainer for me which one I'd pick. I think yeah, if you toss up anything between be a massive slug man 
most of the time the other answer is going to win. Uh, yeah. What if you had to pick I'd which massive regular, slug man you were going to be? Would you rather be man. just a regular? That's not on the table, Luke. Come on, just be a regular guy, please. If if you had to be this slug man or classic jab of the hook slag, slug man, which one slag would you slag like? Man. Slagman, yeah. Well, a jab at hook uh, is seems to still be in control of his. I don't yeah. know, like he's not like constantly I mean, needing to grow or eat or. And he's pretty much just chilling in the same place. And I imagine people bring his yeah. meals to him, and he's on the piss every day in that <laughs> cantina place. Well, he is, isn't he? Like, he, where is he? He's, he's, a bar, right, yeah. he's a right lad. He's like the version of that, like that awful like Asbo man that won the lottery in this country. He is well, he him. Can, Michael he can, Carroll. He can, talk, he can talk regular English, but he's just so sozzled. Oh, I'm absolutely sozzled here. And he's obsessed <laughs> with having a and he's obsessed with having a slave at all times. It's like, oh come on, Jabba. It's oh, having a slave thing. <laughs> Ironically though, Jabba the Hutt slightly less cancelled than the blind man from Don't Breathe. Yeah. Re- everyone's redeemable, right? Everyone's got a redeemable character arc. We want to see the there's gonna be a sequel to actually Jabba's dead, isn't he? Well, Jabba the Hutt is Jabba the Hutt for the, for the most part. I know he makes his money from a criminal organization, but he is probably one of the largest employers on Tatooine. What is it like? You know, like mass size. He's yeah, absolutely huge. Yeah, he's huge, but he also does a lot for the economy, like the the yeah, hospitality industry. Yeah. I know he's on a constant he pleasure cruise. He puts a lot of money into that planet. Yeah. Do you know what I always liked and I always wanted to know more about, like as a subplot in Star Wars? Is the bloke who cries when the rancor dies? When the rancor there'll be a, oh, there'll be a comic probably. about it. Yeah. There'll be a comic about it. Absolutely. About he gets crushed, how we raise that crushed land, by the that gate. Rancor. Crushed by the gate, and he's like, "Oh, the well, little cute rancor's dead." Also, also, you know the little jester that oh, that little guy, <laughs> salacious crumb. Yeah, I think when he when he like clocks off for work and he's like just really sad, he hangs his head and walks home. Oh, here is like the glasses gremlin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, we may have got we may have got we may have got slightly off topic here. So the worst slugman to be, Grant. Um, yeah, Starla comes down and he's like, "Oh, you bastard! You betrayed me." And she goes, "Oh, I didn't mean to betray you. Um, just you know, it was quite scary." And this is where she tries to again appeal to what's left of him as a human all you know, like, it's just an adjustment. Like, you know, our marriage is important. I can learn to learn to adjust. Um, you like it when I call you Grant. There is still good in you. You don't want to do the, And I can be by your side while you do the things that you need to do. Except, guess what? She doesn't really mean that. She just pretends to give him a kiss. She can stab him in the neck. Um, with a horrible hairbrush with, like, a sharp handle. What a dangerous hairbrush to sell. Oh, I know, and she and he kind of like smashes her backwards. She like hits the, the room. Wall. Yeah, she doesn't and stab then, him enough. Um, yeah, and then and he's, he's still at it. Fillion turns up, uh, and they obviously with the grenade. Just, I think with the grenade, which the grenade goes. I mean, it's got at least a twenty-five second <laughs> after yeah. the pin gets taken out. I couldn't. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it doesn't go off it does like he has a he has a little bit of a scramble around to get it and this is his like in many ways it's nathan fillion's fault because like he tries to do an action one-liner 
he like yeah. comes in the door and I forget what he says. He like goes, ah, oh, suck it. And uh, gets gets it knocked out of his hand, and then it gets pinged out the window and just explodes harmlessly in the pool. Yeah. Um, Nathan uh, Ky- Fillion... Kylie gets like absolutely destroyed at this point as well. Like, a, yeah, she gets a sofa wazzed at her. Yeah, gets a sofa wazzed at her, and then Nathan Fillion gets smashed out the window, and then not to put too fine a point, and it starts getting jizzed up. Yeah, he's got <laughs> one tentacle in his stomach. And the other one's like flapping around in his face. He's, He's trying, trying to get, to get there. there. It's almost getting there. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty gross. <laughs> but uh, Nathan manages to grab a propane tank uh, and shoves like it's like it's got the the perfect nozzle or something to. Yeah. It's to basically the, the perfect. Yes, it's, it's an, the exact. It's got an adapter. Perfect fitting. Surely, I don't think those things work quite like that. Do I guess maybe as long as there's a tight seal around the side and you yeah. open the valve, it should be fine. It'll do the job. Uh, but it starts to fill Grant up, um, and he says, "Shoot!" I think Starla shoots the Grant, and he blows up yeah. just the right amount, like just the just a just a fleshy amount of Grant gets blown up, and yeah. uh, everyone else is okay. Well. Okay. All the uh, well, think... all the approaching zombies, all zombie people, all collapse. So all of them are all of them are gone. They're all dead. It didn't. It wasn't like they could just live on. They're all dead as well. Unfortunate. Yeah, because I think I think the people are when they get got. It's not like you're a you're a host of these things and they're controlling you. It's not like Grant who there is a semblance of his own consciousness in there it feels like those people are dead and they are now running possessing those bodies yeah yeah similar to uh, you know what's oh and i guess we we missed out the fact that the mayor was he got infected as a breeder as well and he got the hungry yeah. disease and he was eating down in the basement as nathan fillion is coming in we see him be his plot thread is resolved because he comes up and is like oh shit you gotta kill me and he goes okay just shoots him in the <laughs> yeah head. literally just shoots him in the head without a second thought, and his face is all bloated. He looks like a uh, Rick Mail and Drop Dead Fred <laughs> when he when his face goes big like a plate stuck in the fridge, stuck in a bloody fridge, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and everyone, yeah. So that's it. The survivors come out of the house. Classic. We're alive in the morning moment, and they we learn that Nathan Fillion is because we're worried that he's been got right. So he's been got with the stuff that will turn him into a big hungry breeder. Um, but uh, Kylie's able to point out. I don't think it's stated until this point that you've got to get both types of the yeah. of the thing in you. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like doing a, it's like doing a, a cream tea, I guess. If you got the scone, but not the if you got the cream, but not the jam, it's not the same, is it? It's not a cream tea until you got both. No, it's not. There we go. Cool. Um, that? And off they pop off home. They'll explain that to someone when they get out of town and find someone that isn't dead. Are you ready for the name game? Before we are, Luke, did you... Uh, Luke, uh, what's his name? James Gunn. He was ready for a career in Marvel. Watch the end credits scene. I didn't, but I, I can see in the, the there's some kind of credit scene. Oh, yes, a cat, isn't it? A cat approaches Grant's remains, becomes infected by the alien parasite. He knew it, didn't he? Yeah. Always stay to the end. Yeah, got a cat. Well, we assume it gets a cat. You hear a cat scream in um, off off camera, and it's licking the little thing with a spike in it. 
could be that the cat wasn't got could be that the cat just got a surprise by something else and the situation is definitely related yeah he's dead do you it does make me want to go back to gardens of the galaxy you know in the collector's room and just see if there's any i don't know any slipper slug I think there might be a slugger slug, you know. I would have completely forgotten that until you mentioned it, Luke. I think the collector might have one. Guns of the Galaxy, sliver. Sliver slog. Join us as we find out there live. Are, there are some sliver slugs. No way. Yeah, interesting. There we go. That is good. I so like you go, it. Canon. Uh, interesting, yeah. Uh, Okay, you guys ready for some name game? I am. Okay, so this first one is about a small town. It's taken over by an alien plague. It turns residents into small and narrow portions of themselves. Sliver. Correct. Sliver. <laughs> Spelled over a V. Uh, this next one is about a small town. It's taken over by an alien plague. It turns residents into people who are not a taker, but a giver. giver. Give it. Well done. Uh, two, two. <laughs> Next one is uh, about a small town overtaken by an alien plague that turns residents into small cutting devices. Small cutting devices. Scissors. 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 Nice. Uh, next one is a small town taken by an alien plague and it turns residents into game show hosts. Game show hosts. Yeah. Uh, or quiz show hosts. Quiz show hosts. Yeah, same same thing really, but quizzer. Quizzer. That's like oh. Bradley Walsh. <laughs> Sometimes I think too much. Yeah, that's like, my I problem. I think too much. Trying to think of a specific one. I was um, like Chris Tarrant. <laughs> yeah, Clarkson. I don't. Know. Um. Uh, yeah. Next one is a, a small town taken by an alien plague. It turns residents into airport dogs. Sniffer. Sniffer. Oh, well, you're going to struggle with that. Sniffer. No. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely... We crushed it. I got one for you, Luke, if you want one. Came to me as we were going through. So yeah. a, an alien invasion of a small town makes all the infected people really, really indecisive. They're paralysed by indecision almost. Hiver, um, diver, diver. <laughs> I got a good one. Go on, go on. Well, I got. I'm sorry, I've got one. I don't want to call it a good one. I've got one. <laughs> I've got one. Okay, alien invasion. Uh, residents taken over by, uh, <laughs> and the only way to take them. The only way to take them down is by shooting an arrow into their Quiver. heads. Quiver. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta remember when I when I pick the fives that I pick, I go through a lot. You yeah, yeah, yeah. everything that it possibly possibly sounds like. If you were at home, enjoy the name game, and I know at least one of you does. Um, and you've got some of your own that you want to send in. It's upon the socials. We've had a couple of chains where we've gone through and done uh, done a few of those. As obtuse as you can make them, um, uh, we welcome it. Send them in the obtuse. Facebook group. Never or just tweet them to us a week or two after we've done this and completely out of context really confuses. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Sounds great. Cool. And um, we need to rate the film. 
Interesting. Um, I feel like I feel like Andy's going to go quite high. Oh, the it's prediction it, game. I mean, only because it seems like your kind of film. Like when I think of, I think James Gunn. I think maybe James Gunn is just an Andy film. Yeah. yeah, I think James Gunn has done his market research, and if he has a template audience, it's probably me. Um, <laughs> And you're I'm right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, I think, yeah, I'm in the case studies of the person that he looks to make films for. Yeah, I, I, no, no, no fool. I'm going to go high on this one. Um, I think I might be the highest of the three, but I think you two guys enjoyed it plenty. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Luke's going to give a B minus because he's now worried about giving too many B minuses. I would. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that low. Be honest. I mean, I was very, very nearly, uh, very, very nearly an A, but I don't, oh. I don't know, I don't, I, like, I enjoy watching it. I just don't know if it's quite as, uh, I don't know, quite as punky as uh, James Gunn's other films. I feel like it's maybe, maybe even a little bit predictable, if that makes sense in any way. I don't know. Yeah, but it is great. It is a great film. So, so I'm gonna. B plus I'm gonna go with. Uh I think I was gonna go with B plus as well. That's what I was thinking. Because got a lot of love yeah. for this film, you know. As I said, had it on DVD, watched it a lot. And then even though it's probably close to a decade since I saw it last, still holds up, still and it's got that James Gunn flavor as well that obviously now we're more accustomed to, having seen bigger, <laughs> higher budget films from him as well. So yeah, it's a good time. It's good fun. Uh, great performances from everyone involved great effects some really gory gross out stuff so yeah good times and I'm going to go now I'm in a bit of a quandary because I think I was going to go B plus but now having spoken about it oh God. and you're probably right and I have to I think I might go A minus which is a negligible difference but um, yeah I think I might go I might go an A minus on this one because I think all those things you just spoke about. And also, if I really think about it, we've talked about all the things that this film pays tribute to. In many ways, this is the most efficient way that I can gain memories of The Blob and The Thing and Nightmare on Elm Street and Night of the Creeps if I get round to watching it and turn out I like it and Society and all those other things. I can do this in a tight, like, 94 minutes or whatever it is that this film runs for. So I'll give I'll give you an extra half grade for that, James. And you know, also James Gunn movies, as we've established, uh, he seems like he strikes me as a nice guy. I feel like if I lived in Hollywood and was a filmmaker, we may be friends. He seems like he he's a good sort. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so next week, I think we're doing *Malignant*, which is coming yeah. out pretty quick. James Wan. The other James, yeah. uh, uh, we're, we're doing this next week. Let's put it put it on the line here. Prediction wise, we'll be right or wrong in a week's time. How are you guys feeling about this? I don't know actually. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I always like when James Wan does horror. Um, I, gen- I generally do anyway. I, but I don't know if I like. It's got a kind of a true crimey kind of angle, which mm. I don't normally jive with all that much 
uh i don't know i think i'm gonna anything, be like a b minus anything I, anything, <laughs> I, anything i've seen from the trailer hasn't grabbed me so far it looks quite generic yeah yeah but that's i did my, think that about suicide squad as well and i ended up really liking it Oh, there we go. Yeah, I, I have a similar similar fear with malignant. It feels like they've chosen a spooky word, and I've got a lot of faith in James Wan. I think he's a great director, so I'm going to go and watch it with that one. But it just feels like this is uh, I don't know the the whole feeling of it is like something that I might ju- that might just wash over me, and there might not be anything remarkable to it from the trailers and they're doing load of podcast advertising at the moment and it's not just because they're not advertising on ours unless they are it's a ad roll um but uh but yeah it it feels like i hear the trailers and it feels very paint by numbers but we'll find out james one has uh got a lot of credibility credibility yeah interesting um yeah i'm quite excited to go watch it and to see if it will be a B minus or not. Cool. Uh, is there anything else we need to let people know about before we pack up? Don't think so. No. Cool. We covered all the big ones. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, you can you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks for the listeners. Please consider rating and reviewing in iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. And uh, thanks to my co-hosts, Ben and Andy, for being right hard dudes. You can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy. Oh no, Andy CT writes. That's it. And uh, Ben at Ben underscore Errington. Yes, yes. Cool. Do it. Uh, and I'm at Luke of Condor with K. Cool. Nice one. Nice one, guys. See you next time. Catch you next time. All the best now. See you later. Slithers off. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.